it is, folks, our forever theme tune. After 23 episodes, multiple attempts and a hugely popular vote, we have decided to take the best features of your favourite versions of our theme tune, and this is what we have come up with. It immediately puts me in a good mood, and I hope it does the same for you guys, our wonderful listeners. Rory, you are welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. And I hope you don't mind... If I Am I not welcome Luke, to the podcast? Well, I'm getting to you, Luke. I'm getting to you. I'm getting all right, to you. All right. I, I, have all a question, right. I have a question for Rory first, who is very welcome, Rory, by the way, to the Thank podcast. You. Thank you yeah. very much, Karen. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm just checking that I hope you don't mind if I ask Luke one of these Luke exclusive questions he was so yes, adamantly baby. demanding last week. I cannot wait. I How do you feel today, about that? Well, I thought today, like if he forgets about the Luke exclusive question, I'll be a little bit upset. So I'm delighted to hear both question and answer. So let's get it going. Here we go. All right. Luke Devaney. Uh, oh, here oh. is your Luke exclusive question for the evening. Brilliant. Brilliant. As editor of the show, as the man who sits down Tuesday night after Tuesday night to put this show together, uh, I think it possibly became clear to you before the rest of us exactly what was needed for a theme tune. So can you talk us through that process in your head and also why we eventually settled on this one? Yeah, it, I, th- I was feeling more and more as I was editing the show every week that um, I know we did the thing in season 1.5 where we kind of had a different theme song every week and that was a fun feature for that interim season and it was you know nice for me to sit down and, and try and come up with those um, each week and they served their place but I started to feel that we need to pick something and settle on it to kind of let it become part of our identity and I found that the most important thing for the theme song was going to be utility and and how I could use it and and that it it's function as opposed to it could have been the most beautiful piece of music in the world and you know the original piano one was a really nice little piece of music but its function was the most important thing and I found that of all the ones that we had the little kind of the swing jazz one was the most functional because I could pop that in at the start of an episode and it was and it kind of set the mood and you could come out of it and you're ready for the bit of banter you're ready for the chat and even like the end of last week's episode Rory said oh jeez roll the music there and you can start swinging that straight away and if you have something kind of slow and you know, melancholic. You, you can't get away with things like that. Luke, don't be ruining the magic. We sit in a, in a room with a full band, and when I say roll the music, a full band kicks Sorry, off. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> this is a Luke exclusive oh, question. Oh, you, you can actually cut you me pipe out. Pipe down there now, boy. <laughs> Do you know we might we might play quickly that that swing jazz theme tune just to remind the listeners of it, sure. and to I suppose show them exactly why you found it so functional. Right, Johnny, take it away. One. Okay, there it is, Luke. Uh, the swing jazz theme tune that you put together. So, so go on. Tell us. Tell us. Just remind the listeners of why that was so functional, and then um, keep going with your story. It's just the mood. It's it sets. It's just it's a light-hearted thing. It's kind of non-committal. You could put 
it's not distracting enough or intricate enough that you can't put chat over it to segue into something. I can take the end off it, just the end. And I can use that as just a punch moving from one segment to the next. And I can do all that with something that's, this is our theme tune. Here's lots of little bits and using lots of different ways, but it's one theme tune and it functions for everything. Um, so that was why I was keen to use that one. Um, but you kind of were feeling that maybe we can do better than that and maybe we can come up with something that folds into our identity a little bit more and that sounds more... I think the thing you were saying it was that you felt that that one didn't really just sound like us or that we could get something that sounded maybe more like us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was... That was... I I loved it. I agree with you totally. Like I loved the functionality of it and the snappiness of it and the fun of it. Uh, but yeah, I just felt uh, you know there's no jazz drummer among us, um, and uh, you know I just felt you know why not have some guitar, some mandolin, some banjo, you know, uh, and 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 make it sound a bit like what we would sound like if we if we put a track together. That was that was my my thought on it. And that's nice because that's what we have now. You know, we've obviously got the kind of the centerpiece of it is this ragtimey feeling piano. Um, and a lot of, it's this exact same kind of structure and, and chord progression as the jazz one. And it's, so it's, every bit is functional. It works in all the same ways, which is, that ticks all the boxes for me. And it's got the 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 melody of your original thing. And it's got instruments that we play. Um, so I think it's kind of, it's so we're all happy. It kept both of us happy then, which was, yeah, which was yeah, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great. Well, look, I, I hope the listeners found that interesting. I just thought it might be um, a nice insight into into how we pick a theme tune and what we're looking for in it. And I hope you guys like it because uh, we certainly do. And we'll all get used to it over the next few weeks. Um, okay, so that is the theme tune. Uh, let's move on to this week's episode. Today's guest is Leon Mooney. And I have always found Leon to be such a fascinating character. Um, he's probably best known to many Sligo people as the lead singer of the popular and critically acclaimed bluegrass band Rackhouse Pilfer. But there is loads more to him than just that. Uh, so we look forward today to what will no doubt be an honest and entertaining chat with Leon. But before we do that, lads, uh, can I ask you about your Rackhouse Pilfer memories? or any Rackhouse Pilfer stories, because they were such a such an important band on, on the Sligo scene and the national scene for, for six or seven years. Um, and Luke, I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to have to bring Rory in on this one. You know, you've had your, you've had your moment. And uh, it was, a, it was a, a beautiful answer, and I hope you're proud of it, and I hope you're feeling better about things. Um, but, but I do think it's probably time to bring Rory in. Back what in a- the room. Let's go. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. <laughs> so top rock house pilfer moments are my top rock house pilfer moment. Yeah, or any memory or any story you can you can remember from 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 the band. Sure. This is a good one for me actually because I used to play a sport called airsoft. And for anyone who doesn't know what that sport is, it's a bit like paintball. Um actually it's very like paintball, except there's no paint, there's pellets, and it's a game based on honour where you say when you're hitting you're not. It's a bit, bit, bit of crack and a bit of fun on a Saturday morning if you have nothing else to do. But I was 18 when I started that. And one of the lead people um, involved in the group uh, in Sligo 
a, a team called the Tigers and they played in a place called Tigerland. But one of the lead people was uh, Leslie Jones. And for people who don't know, Leslie Jones was the mandolin player and semi-lead singer. He kind of backed up uh, Leon Mooney fairly often uh, in a lot of their tunes. They had a great harmony together. But I had never seen Rackhouse. And over a cup of coffee in the in the halftime of the game or whatever, I was going around trying to introduce myself or be introduced to some of these people that I was looking up to. And one of them was Leslie. And I asked him what he was doing for the evening. Now, keep in mind, this is a Saturday. So he was more than likely gigging. And he said to me, we're actually playing in, they were playing in McGarrigal's. And this would have been, I don't know if it was at the start of, of them really taking flight, but uh, it was certainly towards the, the first half of them taking flight, you know. And he said, we're playing in McGarrigal's, you should come in. And like 18, 19 year old fellow, like anytime someone says I'm playing in a pub, like you're there. I was there an hour early. I was <laughs> yeah. there an hour early and I was drunk before they started. So it was gas, but... Definitely um, 18. <laughs> 18 wink wink knew the lads on the door but um, when they started it was I think the reason it stuck with me is not just that I had met Leslie the day before and had never seen the lads play before they were the first band where the energy on stage was more than the energy on the floor and that's not saying the energy on the floor was low I mean the energy on the floor with the patrons drinking and having the crack and singing along the energy was high but their energy it almost you kind of felt like you were letting them down if you weren't matching them with their exp- like a song had started you know the stop and they were pure cool and you know they take a sip out of their pint and okay guys we're going to rust- rustic voices definitely you know from the bayou or something you know like we're going to we're going to play this next song for you guys it'll be and someone would be smoking a cigarette out a window it was all rough and tumble kind of stuff and then they kick off and it was just this it was it's definitely the first time I sat and watched the band and thought holy Bleep coming, Luke. Holy shit. It, I am just, I was blown away by them. The skill, the, tech, the, the technical skill and the energy matched together just made them perfect. So I left that night thinking, where are they playing again? And I hope it's tomorrow because I'm going again. Like, <laughs> and it was great. <laughs> Well, knowing their schedule, it was tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly. We we spoke to Leon about this and they, those lads worked hard. They worked so hard. Uh, Luke, how about yourself? Did you see the band much? Yeah, I saw them plenty. Um, I won't uh, won't talk too long because I've already had my Luke exclusive question, but I think (laughs) one of of my favourite memories of them was being up in Fifth on Teeling one night when it was open and they were on the stage in the back and they were doing their thing. And nightclubs and late nights for me in general like when I go out live music is what brings me places so a lot of the time I might be out with a gang who you know none of them are musicians and live music is not a priority on their night out and they're happy to be in in Toffs or up in the in the kind of other side of fifth sixth creatively named uh, with kind of banging <laughs> dance uh, disco uh, house kind of music and that does that doesn't really do anything for me um, and I remember being in fifth one night watching the guys play and I was there with people who don't normally pass any heat of live music and they were all lepping about the place having a great time with Rackhouse up there and not only that but they were up there with not like 
you know, electric guitars and, and stuff. They were up there with mandolins and banjos and dobros and fiddles. Yeah. And they had this nightclub full of people, most of whom don't give a shite about live music until it's right in front of them. They had them absolutely hopping and eating out of the palm of their hand. And they would all the, the up-tempo rocking stuff. And then they did, they took it right down and they did a version of uh, Bob Dylan's song called I'll Be Your Baby Tonight, which is a slow, and I'll be your baby tonight, you know. And everybody still stayed there. And half the people in there maybe started off not knowing the song, but it's very easy to figure out, well, this is the chorus, I'll be your baby tonight. And by the end of it, people were standing there swaying, singing along to this. And I guarantee you, most of them couldn't pick a Bob Dylan song uh, out of a stack of, of 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 ten, let alone. So I just thought that was really cool. It, you know, it was guys in a nightclub playing music that I liked, but delivering it in such a way that made it accessible to everybody else in an environment where it shouldn't have worked. But it did. They were masters of that, though. I, I think a lot of musicians try that. You know, how what is the set list? You know, when are we going hard and when are we going soft and when are we going... Now, I don't know. This is me just completely talking from what I've seen, but they were masters of that. You know, they'd, they'd hit you with a big number and everyone would be sweating. And then it was kind of like, we'll bring it down now. So, you know, the girl you were flirting with uh, on the dance floor, you're going to get a second now to chat to her. And them lads' drinks look like they're empty. So you can go and fill them up and we'll get everyone nice and set up again. And then we'll blow the roof off her again in another two chains. So it was great. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, they were such a tight gig and band. They gigged so much together that um, they really had that live aspect down to a T, I think. I mean, I remember reading an interview about them in their early days, and I think it was Fikra, uh, the fiddle player, who said, you know, we all sort of feel that everything we've done musically up to now has, has been almost to get us working together in this band. Do you know, they, they could trace their paths and, and looking back, it felt to them all that they were converging, the six, these six paths converging beautifully together wow. um, to bring this band together. And, and that was it, was, it felt like that for, for so many years of, of that band's existence. And, you know, I know, I know an, an awful lot of people around were, um, were very upset and, and, and sad when they broke up because they added so much to our scene here in Sligo and around the country and around Europe. But anyway, nothing can last forever. Um, and uh, we look forward, as I say, to chatting Leon about his days in Rackhouse Pilfer, uh, but also about lo- lots more. Um, so I guess let's get on with it, folks. Here is Leon Mooney. Leon Mooney, you're welcome to In the Lamplight. It's great to be here, Karen. Thanks very much for asking me. Yeah, no worries. Um, so I'm not sure if you listened to the, the show before, but generally when we, when we invite a guest on, we begin with a poem. So you've written a poem, have you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we've written a poem. We have one ready for you. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read out the poem for you, and then we'll just we'll just get into our chat. Roses are red. <laughs> <laughs> not quite, Luke. Not quite. W. B. Quinner over there. Oh. <laughs> Poeming away the whole time. <laughs> Poeming away. <laughs> Poeming away. <laughs> Dying to get into this, lads. If you'd only let me. Right Sorry, here we go. All right. 
Long hair, rock and roll, always brings his heart and soul. Every gig, every night, Rackhouse Pilfer, bright lights. Front man, on the mic, get with me or on your bike. This is me, who I am, in the pocket, Grand Slam. Steve Earle, Springsteen, checked shirt, blue jeans. Sing it low, just like Joe, Elvis Presley stole the show. Decency, big heart, strumming chords on his guitar. Great smile, nicely loony, here today... It's Liam Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to you getting to the end of that, and I was going like, "What word is he? You're going to have to get into something that rhymes with Mooney." I was like, "What's it going to be? Yeah. Looney?" There's not much. There's not much yeah. out there. No, there isn't. But I think you got a good one. That's yeah. that's the right one. Yeah, nicely Looney. Nicely Looney. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm flattered. Thank no, you very man, much. No bother. No bother. Uh, I want to start with the first verse because this was the mo- this was immediately when I was thinking about you. This is what came to mind: long hair, rock and roll, always brings his heart and soul. So, like that's you on gigs, man, right? The hair, the you know, getting into the music and just you know, I've never seen you dial it in. You no. always just go out there and give it everything you have on that particular night. Yeah. How, how does how does that happen? Like, do you ever feel like dialing it in and and you say I have to get myself up for this, or does it just automatically happen when you go out there? No, it automatically happens, and I, I, I can always dial myself in when it, when it, when the song needs dialing in, or if I feel like, especially in the band, um, yeah, you know, I would signal to the boys we just bring it down nicely, or we'd reel it in a little bit. But mostly, shows are full of energy, and yeah, that's the way I perform. It's the way I like to perform. And do you have to psych yourself up before that to do that? Never. And have you always been like that? Always. Right. Okay. Yeah. Always been like that, yeah. Right. And would you be wrecked after a gig? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'd take it out of you. <laughs> Big time, yeah. Yeah. Big time. The older you get as well, the harder it is to, to go on. Like some, some of the Rackhouse gigs used to go on for three, three and a half hours. And by the end of it, I was rinsed. Okay. Absolutely rinsed. I'd say so. Yeah. Three and a half hours of that. This is Rackhouse Pilfer is the band Leon's talking about. You were you were together for six, seven years probably. Leon. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think six and a bit going on but like you know it was going on for a bit before that yeah yeah so yeah yeah by the, by the time we actually really got the van and got on the road and started to take it seriously yeah okay well we'll come back to Rackhouse Pilfer yeah. um but I was always interested Leon where like where where did music start for you you know I've only got to know you in the last sort of five six maybe ten years but but where, where did music start for you well uh, <clears throat> pardon me well music's been in my life, you know, all throughout all of my life, should I say. Yeah. Um, it was in my family home. I was blessed having parents that I think had an awesome record collection and taste in music. You have, you have uh, such uh, knowledge of music, man. I was, uh, I, anyway, I'll come back to that. Like, uh, it's I unreal. Know, <laughs> it's unreal the, the songs you know and the taste you have. Yeah, yeah. so go on. Uh, yeah, I suppose it's a lot of like, I, I listen to a very diverse range of music. Um, but I'd be very opinionated. I love what I love and I really dislike what I dislike, you know. I'd be very opinionated. <laughs> I'm trying to get better at that stuff, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah, you know. So your parents had this amazing collection and, and that's, that's what got you into uh, it. Yeah, but I was always singing and I was always playing ear guitar on my like Star Wars spaceship things before I'd even gotten a, a guitar, a real one, you know. I was, uh, in my head, I was... <laughs> yeah, yeah. On stage, yeah. you know, and um, I did a lot of stuff in the fesh when I was younger. Okay. And I was always in like the plays at school and stuff like that. So I was always 
in my mind. You know, I couldn't wait to get a real guitar. You were a performer from yeah, the word yeah, go. Yeah, I think so, yeah. If you were yeah. to speak to my mum, she'd probably say that. Yeah. You. Okay, and you say you couldn't wait to get a real guitar. When did that happen? Do you, yeah. remember, do you remember when that happened for you? It, yeah, I got a guitar when I was about, I'm going to say about seven, eight, nine. And uh, when it came to F, the F chord, it went over into the corner. I, I couldn't. <laughs> I, I just... <laughs> I just remember that the F and the way they were showing it wasn't the bar. It was like the two. And I just, I just couldn't get it. And it was, you know, when I found out then I needed bar chords to play the stuff I wanted, you know, all the grunge and the rock and roll stuff. It was yeah. like, no. So that all, it just went to the wayside. And I think I was, I was 13 when I picked up the nylon string then. And I, I wasn't taking no for an answer. And that F, chord, that F chord, that F chord, you nailed it. got nailed. And <laughs> it, was, it was the nylon strings, that's what it was. My little girly hands. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. Got the nylon strings and once we got over that, then it was it was all good. And every guitar student that I have had or ha- do have, every single one of them has struggled to get past an F chord. B and F. B minor, seem, B seem and, and F. They're the two ones that they just, people don't want to play them to the point where sometimes then, just to keep them interested, I find myself trying to give them stuff, avoiding those, those chords. But as you say, eventually, you have to get past it, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. But now, I'm still, you see, you form bad habits as well, you know. I always play F, but I always use the suspended note. I never put the E down on the high string. Oh, do you not, yeah? Oh, no. Everyone gives out to me. They're the top like, of the what's to that F? out of tune note? Where's it, <laughs> where's it coming from? That's like, just whistling e, over like, it. <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever uh, play the F, Rory, in your Ed Sheeran uh, act? No, but I'm just listening to the boys talking like, and like I'm 28. And like the B minor is still a problem for me. Like, <laughs> like, and I'm playing guitar a long, long time. And it's like, oh, that is a B minor. Can I transpose that out of it? Mm. Uh, and can I still sing it in the key that I can transpose? So it is. It's funny. Like, <laughs> the same chords for everyone. But anyway, yeah. you got past them, Leon. And, and what about then gigging? When did gigging start for you? Or, or can you remember how you got into that? Yeah, it's strange. I suppose <sighs> when I went to... I went to Ballastadair and I went out to Ballastadair in first year and I became friends with uh, a guy called Finton Scott. Uh, we became best friends fast and um, he had an electric guitar out in his shed and screen and he also had a, a real terrible set of drums. Right. And um, so there was no no carton stuff out from school. So on a Friday after school, we got on the bus and go out to screen and we would spend hours, every waking hour possible you know, it got to the point then where school wasn't, we weren't going to school and stuff. And right. yeah, it was just, all we did was jam right. and play and yeah. play. And then I think our first ever gig was, <laughs> believe it or not, supporting mm. Kevin Flannery down in the screen disco. No oh, lovely. Yeah. yeah. And Kevin. In that, in that big hall across from the um, the Fiddler's Elbow. I'll never forget it. Like, he was like, you're, you're not plugging into me rig, boys. <laughs> 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 so eventually he let us put the mic microphone through it. But um I had my granddad's old Merrimack head and speakers and we just made an awful racket. Yeah. I remember Nirvana Love Buzz was the first song we played anyway. And uh, I don't really have too much of a recollection after that, but that was the first gig, definitely. And I messed around then and, you know, obviously like school came to an end and we went our separate ways and stuff. But those years out on screen, like they were fun, but we never really went into pubs gigging at that point. I was very late to the party in that regard, actually. Um, 
when I finished school, then I, I wanted to travel and do different things and I got a job and just use it. But I, then I messed around with the boys like Johnny Gredden and Paul Worley. Like I was always in and out and around it. Yeah. But um, when I was working in the Gare of Vogue, then I suppose I started an open mic night. Okay. In, in the, I like I really wanted to take music seriously at this point. Like I, I had my acoustic guitar and I was really, I was writing songs. This well. was in your 20s, sort of, at this stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was I, 21, I think, right. which, which is, I, I thought was really late, like, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Um, I played my first gig at 25. There you go. No fear. No fear. <laughs> <laughs> Where was that? That was um, in Slattery's in Rathmines in Dublin. Um, I, I, was, I was in music college at the time, and a gang of lads that, that I played with in college, we got a band together, and we had an end-of-year performance coming up for the for the last the last gig of college or the, the the end of the year in college, and we wanted a rehearsal gig before the big the big end of year gig. So one of the lads organised uh, a gig in Slattery's and Raff Mines upstairs there in Dublin. And um, remember, my dad came all the way up from Sligo for for my <laughs> first gig, and a uh, few mates who who I knew in Dublin. And yeah, geez, I'll never forget it. And the what feeling about- afterwards, you know. What about playing Bad Oasis covers with Willie Kelly? Did that not come before that? Wasn't that your first gig? No. Well, that wasn't oh. a, that wasn't an official <laughs> gig. I don't think. <laughs> Just okay. wiping that from the slate. He left that out. Yeah, <laughs> that this was is revisionist. <laughs> well, does a gig not have to be more than one song? Huh? True. True. Yeah. To play a gig, surely yeah. it has to be more than one song. This was like an open mic, and there was a drum kit, and yeah, about fifteen or sixteen, myself and Willie Kelly played Wonderwall. Fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah. So I was twenty-five, but yeah. So it, you know, I, I would I consider that late as well. I suppose you know a lot of people would be into it earlier. Yeah, I remember like when I was say, when we were all, like again my peers and myself, like you know Trevor, Tabby, and all the boys were around. And they were like ripping it up around town. I remember like going to the gigs and being like, oh, I really, I want, that's what I want to do, you know, but I have no band. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess, Leon, um, you talk about taking music seriously at one point there, and you know, for for a good good part of your life. Yeah. Um, This... This continued when you were joined when you joined the band Rackhouse Pilfer, or when you when you and the lads formed the band. You lads like you went for it, and you were making you know you were recording albums, you were touring, you were you know mm. you were you were really going for it. Um, it seemed from the outside anyway, and really, really you know, ruffling a few cages and playing some brilliant gigs and and really making an impact on the music scene here and and abroad. Yeah, it, like, it, 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 how, how was those few years? Pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty, like, yeah, it was really whirlwind stuff. Yeah. Like, when I look back on it, 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 when I try and reminisce about it even, it's hard to piece things together sometimes and the timeline can get, you know. So let's start then. Let's start with the Mondays and McGargles because that, that was a brilliant session for, for a long time. Yeah. And, and is that, did, that, did that bring you together, that session? Is that how you met? Yeah, that is definitely how we met. Okay. Um, myself and Leslie... Um, when, actually no the, how it happened was I was in Ross's Point for a fundraiser Harry's Bar and I I was I think I yeah I was playing on my own I was just asked to play a few songs and I, and I went out and um, Willie and Leslie were there and they were playing as well and uh, this is, sorry Willie Kelly and Leslie yeah, Jones yeah, two sorry, of the other Willie Kelly in, and in Leslie Jones Pilfer, yeah. yeah and um, I hadn't I hadn't sa- seen the boys in quite a while and uh, Leslie was singing and playing the mandolin 
<laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah. What's going on here? Yeah, yeah. Number one, he's singing. I'd yeah. never heard Les sing before. And uh, so they joined me then for my set. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. I think they joined me. He'd, well, they joined. I did one song on my own. I think they sat in for the rest or something like that. But from that, that moment was the start of everything. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, Willie did, didn't kind of come for a little bit, but myself and Leslie <clears throat> just started playing around and then the Monday Nights in McGarrigal's happened and that went on for maybe close to two years before. And then myself, Leslie and Willie would be out in the venue and Willie would bring his drums in. I don't know how he managed to do that in that little space, but yeah. it was just a kick drum, I think, and a snare. And yeah, it was such fun. We were just having great fun. Yeah. It was just real fun. And you met Mark and Dwayne and, <clears throat> yeah, and Faker then. Yeah. yeah, Mark just came in off the street. No way. Yeah. On a Monday night? On a Monday night, he walked in off the street, guitar in his hand, and just said, do you mind if I sit in with you guys? And yeah. just, he was learning at the time. Right. And uh, I'll never forget Leslie saying to me, you know, we'd probably be working for this guy someday. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I was, I remember going, wow, like, what, what's the, but Les seen it. Oh yeah, because Mark's unbelievable. Like Mark surpassed every one of us, uh, you know, as a musician, as he's musician. just on another planet, I think, myself well, personally, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, I haven't seen Mark in a long time. Yeah, and Mark's but, doing good, he's a daddy now. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Great, 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 great. So, so right, the Monday nights and, you know, this developed into albums, writing songs, releasing albums, touring Europe, yeah. over to Nashville to record an album. Yeah. When you look back, Leon, what were the sort of high points of, of these few years for you? What were, like, there must be some moments where you sort of had to pinch yourself and say, is this happening? <laughs> there was loads of them like yeah, yeah, yeah. really um, that's what I, I was thinking last night because I haven't thought about this stuff in so long Okay, and I was like trying to remember and then stuff was coming back to me that I'd forgotten I was like how did I forget about that how did I forget about playing the O2 in London yeah no way <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. yeah but like I, it's, it was just like, I don't know I, I suppose it was the way that it ended too I, I, I wanted things I just wanted to draw, forget about everything but we had so many high points as a band loads just even starting off because the way we started off was just in McGarrigal's and it was only for fun yeah like literally that's what it was it was just for a bit of fun and when we decided that we were kind of taking it seriously we needed to get a fiddle player and then that's how Faker came on board and once Faker once we had the six of us and Mark was learning the banjo like I've like no man's business yeah and um it just I can't, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, okay. So there was a banjo festival in Tullamore. Right. Uh, what was the name of it again? The Jeez. banjo festival. Tullamore Banjo Festival, no? Yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> name I, can't, I can't think for the life of me. Yeah. But we went to this banjo festival up in Tullamore anyway. And um, there was uh, a competition. We, we went up on, in the view to play in a, one of the stages, but that didn't happen. But there was a busking competition. Right, right. Uh, so we, <laughs> we were that far. So we said, well, we'll just go onto the street and do the busking competition. We won the busking competition. Right. And uh, the prize was to support Paul Brady that night. He was headlining the festival. Savage. In the hotel. So yeah. we we ended up doing that. Right. And we made a couple of connections from there on in. And it just went from there right. then. Yeah. yeah. It just became a thing. We were... Gig, we got booked gigs, gigs, gigs. Yeah. And then they just got bigger and more. Uh, you know, it just, it went like that. Yeah. It's the only, it ascended. I remember seeing, and, and the moment I sort of realised, wow, these lads are absolutely flying. There was a, I remember seeing a, a photo on Facebook 
and this had happened a few months beforehand, but you weren't allowed to say anything for a few months, of the six of you in London with <sighs> Tom Jones and Imelda May. Yeah. And was it Lynn... Uh, Ethan, Ethan Johns Ethan Johns Ethan yeah. Johns Glenn's the, fa- the yeah. famous English producer who's um, worked with McCartney and yeah. you know all like these everybody man Kings of Leon Cosby Stills and Nash you know yeah, everybody yeah super producer and so ye, ye six plus plus these three tell us about that day or what, what the crack was there what happened well the thing with that again like everything that ha- happened more or less with Rackhouse was really about sticking your neck out yeah it's like if you don't ask you don't get yeah, yeah. you kind of learned that the hard way as well yeah you know yeah um, but I do have to say that Willie Kelly and, and Fikri Cunningham, who were doing, who eventually took over all that side of stuff, because it was getting messy. Okay. You know, so it was like, we're booking the gigs, we'll do all okay. the, the emails and all that stuff. And they were excellent mm. at doing it, mm. you know. But when it came to recording the, the last album, or when it came to thinking about writing the songs, we started with, okay, we've just been to Nashville and recorded the album, toured it for almost two years, we better. We were all getting antsy anyway, but we were never off the road. Yeah. So there was no time to write songs. Okay, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like was, sure. And any and then any time we did have off, we wanted, we didn't want to see each other. Yes. Don't even ring me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Unless yeah. you've lost two of your legs. Like. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so I remember myself and Willie, or it was a band meeting one or the other, but I think it was me and Willie and we were like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Who are we going to get to produce this one? Because we have Brad Jones, so like, Try your name higher. So I remember Willie going, right, well, like, let's just, you know, think something crazy. Like, let's start the way up there and all we can do is get knocked down. Yeah. So Ethan Johns was clearly, like, was the number one. Yeah. We sent all the emails and everything and never heard back. So we were still searching and stuff. And uh, all of a sudden, I get a phone call one morning in bed. Uh, oh, sorry, excuse me, yeah. And uh, I get a phone call in bed or... And it was it was Willie saying, I've just got an email here from Ethan John's manager. <laughs> he just got back to us. Yeah. And he was saying, thanks for your interest, X, Y, and Z. Ethan's incredibly busy and he seemed to be an independent band. He doesn't really work unless you have got a big label. Because we're talking outrageous money. Of course. But he was like, he's working on a project at the moment and he loves what you do. And he thinks he'd be perfect for to be the band on a couple of Tom Jones's uh, tracks on yeah. the new album, yeah. and one of them is a, the lead single is going to be a duet with Imelda May, right? And um, it was a cover of a Milk Carton King Kids song, and they're kind of Americana stuff, right? And, and the other one was a Rolling Stones song. Uh, you know, I'm a massive Stones fan, so but anyway, like you know, this email came and it was like, do you, would you like to be part of it? And we'd already worked with Imelda, so it just all went. But I'll never forget that morning. Like I was like. What? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. The feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just incredible. Like, yeah. and before we knew it, like we were on a plane and to London, and there he was in the studio, and it was just an absolutely incredible experience to, to watch Ethan work and to meet him, and uh, equally with Tom and Imelda as well. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but for me, the cherry was Ethan, and yeah. just like it was an incredible experience. It was very whirlwind. It was very fast. Yeah. You know, there's no watching him work. He doesn't mess around. Like he has an idea and he knows halfway through the idea if it's not working. Right. And he'll stop. Right. Like there was one take we did at a Rolling Stones song with have Willie on drums and I thought it was awesome. Like. Yeah, yeah. And I remember him going, no, no, we scrapped that. And I was like, oh no. And he was like, yes. Well, like, <laughs> he wasn't that polite, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't like me trying to have an input, you know. Yeah. He was like. <laughs> he was the boss. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I said something along the lines of, oh, I don't know about that. And he was like, I do. 
<laughs> of course. Sit down. Sorry, yeah. Sit down and shut up and do what you have to do. But um, that was an absolutely awesome experience. One of the best that's up there as a highlight for me. Brilliant, yeah. It certainly seemed that way. Um, you mentioned how it ended, Leon. Um, like, how do you reflect on... That's, that's obviously a few years ago now. Yeah. Have you? How do you reflect on, on all that and, 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 and how have things turned out in, uh, in the meantime? Yeah, I, t- I genuinely now, you know, with hindsight, I look back on it and we as collectively were all mentally, physically exhausted. You know, we yeah. were we were done. You were flat out, like you know. Yeah, at least I can. I don't want to speak for the boys, but yeah, I speak for myself. I I think that there was a couple of, not me, but there was a couple of the lads that had just had enough. You know, they wanted to just move on. There was no end in sight. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. we knocked on the door and we had climbed steps and the ladder, and eventually we got to here. We se- we seem to have got got stuck, and it was hard to get any further. Because when you move to the next level, which is like <laughs> doing whatever theaters or booking shows, where we would go out for three months, but then when we came home, we could like that's the place we wanted to be was where we could go and tour for three months and come back and take two off. Yes, and be financially secure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where we weren't getting off in Ross Lear or Dublin or wherever, and then. We're driving home. I get into bed on a Tuesday after being away for three months, and like in two days' time, we're going to Cork, Limerick, Belfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not sustainable. Like it's just not sustainable. And I wasn't looking after myself at all, at all. You know, um, I will say that to you know, the road is an extremely unforgiving place to be if you're not looking after yourself. And you were doing it to the extent and the level that that we were eventually found ourselves at mm. where there's no room for mistakes there's mm. no room for anything mm. it had to be high on the money all the time every time <clears throat> and um yeah i i can i can definitely remember the last two tours uh, and i should have known them but like nobody like i nobody wants it to be over nobody like you know and i i, I would have clung on with my fingernails but i knew deep down that I had to take a break or something, something was going to give. Yeah. yeah. Because I was absolutely rinsed at that point. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. I couldn't go on, not the way I was going on. You know, I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't okay. do it. Um, do you miss it? Yeah. Yeah. Of course I do. Of course I do. I, I miss it all the time. Mm. I miss the fun, but I don't miss, I don't miss, you know, the long hours in the van. You don't eat properly, you don't sleep properly. Uh, you, you guys know like you know when you come off stage at two in the morning and you're full of adrenaline you can't sleep anyway yeah. even if you wanted to yeah. so it takes till maybe six in the morning to wind down and you've got things to do maybe the next day maybe you don't but it's still a broken sleep you still wake up in bits you know and then you've you're, the phone is ringing it's like the van will be here in ten minutes oh god and you're, that's how it was for yeah, years. Yeah. That's how it was for years. Yeah. I don't know how we did. I don't know how we got through it, but we did. And for for any of the bad times, are far outweighed by the good times yeah. that we had. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know it seemed like um, uh, you know, any gigs I saw of you. Sure, I played myself and Jamie played support for you on your last um, album release in uh, was it in Fifth and Teeling? Oh 
yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, 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 yeah. that night, and, and I, I was certainly in McGarrigal's plenty. I would have seen you in the Strand, would have, you know, seen you loads of times. And mm. you were such an addition to the to the scene. And I think the Sligo scene misses you, you know? That, oh, yeah. that's that very is, much. You know, you were. There's nothing else filling that kind of ah, hole yeah. that you left. Well, you know, we, we, we would have, I'm, I, things wouldn't have stayed the way that they were anyway, but our music and was changing big time at that at that point when we went in to do our uh, third record um, we wanted to try and leave as much of the old sound behind um, hence the producer we got okay. um, and we were definitely going that way and and I suppose when I look at it now too to be honest with you if we hadn't have you know went our separate ways when we did it most certainly would have happened now you know well, Most certainly would have happened now because families to feed and choice. you know yeah like the van would have been sold I'm pretty sure yeah unless we had gone to the next level and we were sitting around for the last year like with our big bags of money kind yeah. of like, you know? yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, no um, I mean it's it's yeah. it's it's crazy times for bands now I'm it sure is. trying it's to really survive it's really sad yeah. like I've seen so many bands that we would have been on the robot and played festival they've all broken up and they've had to because of this to sell their van sell their gear sell their PA, yeah. that's yeah. it. Devastating. Yeah. Done. Yeah. But, and it is devastating yeah. because there are, are people have kids now and families and yeah. when that money isn't coming in, Dole isn't going to do it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not with kids. Yeah. You know. Yeah. How have you found the whole pandemic, Leon? How has it been for you? Um, Strange. Really, really strange. But, uh, but good. Good for a break. Definitely needed a break. I wind down and focus on other things and, yeah, it's been good for me. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, there there are times that can be incredibly difficult. But for me, on a personal note, yeah, it's been difficult, but it's been good as well. I've had a lot of time to to um, sort my mental health out and sort my different things out. You know, Brilliant. so in that sense, yeah, it's been it's been good to me. Okay, been good for me. Well, that's great because, like. If if you are having trouble with with your mental health, sometimes the last thing you need is for everything else to go to disappear from around you and social contact and gigs and and all this. Um, so you know it's great to hear that that it's actually oh, been yeah. a positive thing for you despite all this. You know and yeah, yeah. No, it has. Like I, as I say, I was suffering from severe depression and anxiety and everything by the end of right. the band. Right. Um, my myself and Leslie kind of kept doing what we always done, but I, I definitely should have stopped. Mm. Myself and Luke were playing together as well, and mm. I was playing with. I was always round playing with different people, you know, always. But I was still my behaviours were still the same, mm. so I wasn't getting any better. Mm. Do you mm. know what I'm saying? Mm. So mm. and it's very easy to get into that mindset where you feel like you can't refuse a gig. Oh, this totally! Gig in, like, I have to take it. I have to find someone to take it with, rather than just saying. Do you know what? For the sake of whatever money that is, I'd be doing myself a favor if I didn't take that one tonight and gave myself a night off. It can be really hard to get yourself into that mindset. Yeah, sure. We used to speak about that all the time. It's like, do we really want to be going here on a Sunday night or a Saturday? Do we? <laughs> I used to. Do you remember the amount of times we got lost in the car, man? <laughs> <laughs> you got lost. No, 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 hold on. No, I'm not driving. We'd I don't be driving drive. along and we'd be listening to uh, music and we'd be talking about music or something. And I'd be saying, right, Leon, I haven't been to hear this venue, this pub before or whatever. So you'd let me know when the turn is coming. And it'd be, 
geez, we're tipping along here. That sign said, you know, that sign says Galway. We're supposed to be going to Westport. Have we, have we missed a turn? <laughs> geez, I think we have, yeah. <laughs> and then you'd be looking at the, the Google Maps or whatever. And he'd be like, right, it's going to take an age to get back to the turn and get on a decent road. So we'd end up like going to Westport via all these little borings and villages that were never in our lives going to see again. (laughs) We did that that three or four times, got totally arse backwards. Took a scenic route for an hour one day. It was like, where are we we actually? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, brilliant. Anyway, yeah. You got to the gig eventually. We did, did, yeah. yeah, You listened to some great music as well. Yeah, I remember spinning back from a gig one night, and we listened to cheesy eighties pop whole way. Leon had a look on his face. They're like, "Don't say that." Luke. <laughs> I didn't. Know, I didn't know what he was going to say. But um, no, you know yourself. It's just what Luke was saying. It when you're in it and you're doing it, it's very hard to say no to almost anything, unless it's something you know. It's like that's not for me. But usually, more times than on, you'd be like, like I, we've all done it. Like two, three gigs a day, we've all done it. Like. It's absolute insanity, especially if you're singing all the time, you know. Um, but but you're, when you're doing it and you love doing it, that's what you do. You don't even ask questions, you just do it. Are you looking forward to getting back gigging or will you go back gigging when, when, this, <coughs> when, when, when you have the chance again? Oh, like I hope whenever the world opens back up again. Um, but I will be concentrating on my own project from here on in. Definitely, like what I want to do with my music and me, uh, I will be collaborating. I'm sure. I'm sure I've amazing friends, amazing musicians. Mm. Um, of course, I'm going to take advantage of that. Yeah. But um, I have a lot of things I want to do. Um, you know, and this has given me time to think about all those things and to get back to writing and my the way that I used to write. And the way that I'm writing now, the little bits that I'm doing are completely different. Okay. Um, I have a, a vision, you know, but what it sounds like in your head and, and what you, what comes, you know, but I'll get there. I'll get there. I, I'm, I'm extremely motivated to do it. It's something I really, really want to do. So I'm going to do it. Brilliant. Um, so when you say that, it, it's writing and releasing your own music. Yeah, a hundred percent. Brilliant. I Like regards of promoting it and touring with it, that doesn't bother me. It's about creating, to be honest, at this point. You know, it really is. Lovely. Lovely. And, uh, yeah, you know, like, I, 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 my my cousin Sid and Martin Hart have a project on the go at the moment. Yes. And I was a, a little, a part of that a little bit, of, uh, excuse me, a while ago. Mm. And that really pumped me up. I was like, yeah, I can do this. Definitely. Stop second guessing and doubting yourself. You know, mm. I, you know, I'd have a lot of insecurity and self doubt. Believe mm. it or not, I would. Right. And I do. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm getting there. Yeah, it certainly sounds Slowly like but it. Surely, I'm yeah. getting better, and my head is getting better, and yeah. I'm, I'm recovering from a lot of stuff. So, I'm getting there. Brilliant. I am. Yeah. yeah. It's good. I feel really good. Yeah. And it was. It's just so nice to come in or to come here today and look forward to playing the tunes. Yeah, you know, like that. It's been a while, Leon, since we played. So yeah, yeah. you know, re- really looking forward to that. We might be a bit rusty and all that. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, look, I mean, it's it's great to chat, Leon, and yeah, really appreciate your honesty and 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 chatting to us about all this. Um, look, wish you all the best with your with your own music, and you know, it certainly sounds like you're in the right space and you're ready for it, and you're yeah. you're ready to, to to go for it. I am totally. And, uh, we mightn't hear one today, but maybe the next time, maybe when you have some tunes out, we'll get you back yeah. on and you can perform sure. them in here and I'm, yeah. it'll be great. I'm an awful man for like half songs and 
bridges and verses and <laughs> choruses over there and just bits yeah. of paper lying around. But I'm getting better at that stuff too, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Martin Hart helps me a lot with that stuff too. Martin's great. Martin's great. I can't thank that man enough. Yeah. He's, you know, he started me out on this journey in right. Indian as well. Okay. Like the first ever tour I did was supporting Indian on that Blue Flowers album. Okay. And uh, I'd never done, uh, clearly that level, it was all theatres, like the Roisin Dove and yeah. the Empire in Belfast at yeah. that time. And yeah. I'm travelling with them as well. Like I'd never done that before. I thought this was, yes, rock yeah. and roll. Like, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I ever yeah. forget the first day of the tour. I, mean, I, I just thought this was going to be like Van Halen, like a party. Like yeah, yeah. the boys had all been there and done that. Like yeah. this is, the, yes. they were like, we're, no. What are you doing? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to bed, pipe and slippers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're not going to the nightclub after yeah, Leon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so that was fun. But they, yeah, listen, Martin gave me my start and gave me a taste of what it was like to do it professionally and properly. And he's been at my side really ever since. Be my guardian angel. Lovely, lovely. Yeah. He's a great man, Martin. Yeah, man. great songwriter too. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, Leon, uh, thanks a million again for coming in. We'll it's get great. to these tunes. We'll get yeah, over over the far side and Absolutely. sit down and play a few. Um, and seriously, when you have when you have some tunes ready, it'll be great to hear them. So so Absolutely. let us know, and we we'll maybe might come in and perform them here. Yeah, it won't yeah, be too yeah. far away. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Hope you have a couple of eighties synths there. Uh, Luke does. <laughs> I sort Luke that out. Does. I will sort that out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Excellent, Leon Mooney. Thanks, Thanks very much, boys. Thank yes, you very much. And just while Leon goes across and gets himself set up, a quick heads up about next week's episode. It's a very special episode for us as we release the first brand new In the Lamplight original song. That's right, folks. The three of us have been working hard on this behind the scenes for the last few weeks. And next week, we will bring you not only the song, but also the story of the song and the story of the video from birth to final product. Featuring recordings of early demos, uh, first-hand accounts of how the magic happened, and the musical theatre fears that we eventually just had to face. That's next week. But for now, here's Leon's set. It will be available to see on our Facebook page and YouTube channel from 9pm this Thursday, the 6th of May. Filmed by Rory and his colleague from Temperhand Productions, Rummy, and featuring Luke on the dobro, mandolin, organ and backing vocals, myself on keys, and Leon on vocals and guitar. We will shortly hear When You Go Away from the Waterboys, finish with Stephen Stills' Part of Someone, but right now we're going to start the set with Leon's twist on Jason Isbell's Cover Me Up. Like a hand on the gun You can't trust anyone And I was so sure What I needed was more I tried to shoot out the sun Such damage 
know you're enough to use me for good. Cover me up and know you're enough to use me for good. Cover me up, know you're enough to use me for good. And one, two, three. And I'll rave and I'll ramble I'll do everything but make you stay And I will cry when you go away I will cry when you go away And I will cry when you go away 
Well, you see, it's my thing to be part of someone. But is it your thing, baby? Could you be part of no one? And there's so much, little girl, we gotta. We gotta tell each other About the whole world And especially one another Yeah, yeah And it's hard Yes, it is It's hard, yeah
it's so 